Sonia messaged me today and she was like, oh, just a reminder, what are we talking about? And I was like, you were supposed to watch the show over the weekend. And she's like, no, 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 I watched it. I was just making sure. I was like, oh God, thank God. I <laughs> but, watched um, it in like two si- two settings. So like episodes, whatever to whatever, and then you took a break and then, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't was really stop. bored at the beginning of lockdown. <laughs> Fair enough. I just watched it all in one go. I think I watched it. Wow. So I think I watched like the first four episodes in one day and then the next four or six or whatever they are in the next day. Because I just wanted to really finish it for me I think so the first two episodes I was like okay this is good but hopefully there will be something more so I just kept waiting for that something more to come mm-hmm. and then they had that little episode where it was like someone else's point of view and I was like oh things are about to change and then I kept watching and then nothing really happened if you know what I mean yeah I think my expectations were too high maybe I think yeah I think because it was one of the few featuring South, like a South Asian family, the expectations were really high because it's like, oh, this is it. This is the one. This is our chance. This is us. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if I'd mentioned this earlier, but like you, there's no one way to represent South Asians in one show. Like we are so diverse. Mm-hmm. We're so different across like all the different countries for a start and then wherever you actually grew up across the world is such a different experience yeah and even within different countries you have different religions and different communities and different experiences so I think the actors actually tweeted that this is just one experience for one girl and it doesn't necessarily have to encompass everyone's experiences no but at the same time I felt like because like you said because it was the first time that a South Asian actually had center stage there was so many, all these different people expecting to see themselves in it. And maybe yeah. it lacked a little bit here and there. See, yeah. I had no expectations. So I think for me, it's different. Like I, I don't get into this whole expectation hype when it comes to social media or TV programs. So I went in very blank minded. And I think I more went in because Zoha was like, you have to watch. I was like, yeah, it's Friday. I've got nothing else to do. Fine. I really did enjoy it. So I think I watched it um, Friday night to like 2 a.m. And I only stopped because my mom was like, can you just leave? Because I need to go to sleep. And then I started again the next day. I really enjoyed it. The only thing I didn't enjoy it is, I I guess for me at least, it was very sexual. Mm. And I remember being that age, not like I did not have a sexual worry in the world. Mine started with, am I even going to be allowed out? Or like, can I even go to that party? Or, you know, if, if I decided to, like, leave home, my mom would have showed up with, like, a chapel to be like, oh, what are you doing? Or, you know, we've already spoken about my mom quite a lot. You know, she she has her has her moments. Um, but she would have showed up with a rolling pin or being like, you know what, you want to leave, you get out, you stay, you don't come back, that kind of vibe. So I think for me, it was missing the seasoning of, like, the strictness, which... <laughs> seasoning of strictness. <laughs> I just wanted to make it really vibey, actually. I don't know why I said seasoning or strictest, but I'm, I'm going to go with it. Um, yeah. But just just for me, it was like, I just don't think it was strict enough because we as South Asians talk about having strict upbringing and family and la, 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 la. Regardless if it's America or the UK or, or like Pakistan and India, I just wanted it to be a slightly more stricter. Um, 
the, the strictest, not the strictest part, but the one part that really resonated was when they were doing the little like TikTok dance and the red dresses. Yeah. That resonated. But the fact that she then had a t-shirt underneath, I was like, yeah, that would have completely been my parents. Because they would have been like, why are your shoulders out? And your knees out. You can't have both. And your chest. Go wear something. <laughs> I really liked that bit. Um, and there was a there was a weird obsession over like really good white people, which is kind of true. And at the same time, isn't very true. That I, I liked that element. I, I'm not sure if I loved it, but I liked it. That obsession over like really cute white guys. Because I do think there's a or at least a lot of South Asians that I grew up with did have a thing for, like, white people. It's the unattainable. <laughs> that yeah, no, like, She kissed twice, so. I think as well because, well, like, growing up in Britain and stuff as well, it's, like, what you're exposed to. Every mm. TV show you watch, the hunk is predominantly white. Yeah. Um, go on. <laughs> no, I, I think it did really well in terms of, like, showing what your teenage years are like um so you know they covered like the social awkwardness and um friendships and boys and as as a south asian young woman like the otherness that she feels but also they had an added layer of the trauma and grief of losing her dad which they did really well but i couldn't help noticing constantly and also being annoyed at the fact that every single love interest was white i mean arguably the main packs and the main guy is like half Japanese, but if they didn't give him the name Yoshida and he didn't speak that one sentence in Japanese, yeah, he was not, he was just a white guy, you know, Ben was the same. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Saying that uh, her cousin Kamala, her two love interests were not white. Yes. But so I did, I did think of that. I was like, yeah, but Kamala's, uh, both the guys weren't white. But at the same time, they both sort of provided comedic relief. Neither of them were yeah. shown to the audience as like, oh, my God, so hot. I need him. Whereas all the other ones, including Eve, who was the love interest for um, Fabiola, was also white. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was Ben. And so was Paxton. And I was like, these were the main you're meant to think they're really hot people, right? Whereas Kamala's love interest, even though Kamala herself, that's another point, is seen as really hot. But her love interests were also sort of like for comedic relief and they were colored. Um, so I felt like we were, they were still going on about the hot white guy. And I felt like there was a lot of space for that to be fixed or changed or addressed. 100% agree like it would have been really interesting to see the like love interest the star to be someone who's also South Asian to just that would be a circle yeah yeah imagine Ben was like the really smart brown guy yeah mm-hmm. class. um and in the end she ends up with him and there's nothing wrong with it her parents would be so happy I know. Make him Muslim. And then her parents would be really mad. And then there's a whole new dynamic. They had that plot line in there about the woman when they went to uh, Ganesh Puja, the woman who's been outcasted because she married a Muslim. So, and I saw a lot of criticism towards that, like on Twitter and stuff. But the thing is, I'm pretty sure that happens. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It exists. Exactly. And, and, as a Muslim, I can tell you that if it's the other way around, it's the same. 
100 yeah. percent so Shocking, you're right but true yeah so you're right I went online and a lot of people were complaining oh it's really anti-muslim blah, blah blah and I was like yeah but it's true and also if it was a muslim show and this woman had married a hindu guy or a sikh guy it would be the same so it's actually very true yeah and the way they've showed it is saying that this is not something we should do so it's good yeah for sure no see I don't like that I don't like that it's good I don't like they showed it like that that's my I liked the narrative I really enjoyed the the cross-culture cross-religion relationship but living that day in day out that's not how it goes so I didn't like the fact that it was like the lady in purple was like don't disrespect your parents. If I had to go back, I would have gone for the arranged marriage. No, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have because you've got kids out of it. You've got life out of it. That was your decision. Like, I don't I don't think that was true in that respect. So I would have liked someone who 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 is that is in that kind of relationship herself. I would have liked that narrative to play out a little bit more to be like, well, why or, or what do you do? Or, you know, um, I would have liked the lady to be like, uh, the, the one in purple and, and the sari to be like that was my decision that was my choice you know imagine what life could have been like if I picked what my parents wanted or if I went for the arranged marriage it would have been different but I stick by what I'm saying whereas she was like oh I got a divorce now I'm divorced I, I wish I listened to them no you don't wish you listened to them I don't know anyone who's picked that decision who's like oh I wish I listened to them then because your your life would have turned out differently so I see I can't so for me, that really annoyed me because I was like, we have to talk more about interfaith marriages and how they work and what the need is for it. So so for me, it was like, you know, episode two was like, have I never had sex? Cool. Have I never fell in love with someone who's not the same religion and what do I do? That's the episode I'm looking for because that's the one that we now need in, in the reality, in the cultures that we are, we're in, I think. I actually forgot that you just reminded me that in the end she says that. I forgot that part. And now remembering that, I agree with you. Yeah. There's definitely a narrative that needs to be explored, given that that like, kind of population of people is very big. And yeah. It's often alluded to, I feel like, across film and television. Mm-hmm. And I often see castings as well for mixed-race people, but you never actually see their like home dynamics or family dynamics displayed within the, the, me- the media. Yeah, unless it's like a really, it's like definitely about the parents and their struggle and it's a very different depressing story that you see yeah. as a movie. That's a completely separate one. But as a normal family dynamic, you really don't see it, you're right. I, oh, it's a tick box. Yeah, exactly. Um, when I said um, that I liked the way they presented it, I meant that when you when they show her the light that they show her in is that she's right and everyone else around her is being ridiculous by ostracizing her, um, which was fine. But then you're right, they went a step ahead and she basically said that she wasn't happy with her decision ultimately. And yeah. that's something that should not have been... I mean, there was room for opportunity there. For sure. But I feel like it showed that this does happen. And that realism of that and how you're, the com- wider community end up treating you because that's as such a stigma. It is. And it's so true. It's like, you know, it's 2020 and people still people still do that. I think but what you've said is a great point. You said that that room for opportunity, 
what this has now given us is opportunity or room for opportunity for us to pick out the bits that we were like, actually, this is missing, this is missing. And then be able to like create a narrative of maybe that uh, going forward, be it in a different show, be it a different subset of characters, uh, be it a different analogy, but just that idea like we've just said, actually, here's something that's missing and here's something that needs to be played out, even if it's interfaith marriage or if it's, um, you know, going for that, like, non-white guy, but who, like a coconut, like a coconut guy, you know, someone who's super South Asian, but inside is, like, very Western and very, very kind of driven to open, open-mindedness and, and a culture of embracing everything and everyone that's a great narrative because actually what we've if you look at around maybe your friends and the friend circle and what we're at today that's what people are searching for most of the conversations I have with normal people in real life is we want someone who has like the understanding the, the understanding of the culture and the the respect for the culture but not the same traditions or values because that's not the values that you obtain when you're growing up in this western society or when you're trying to be more open-minded so the so the understanding of the culture is great, but now we want someone who is a little bit more uh, open-minded and a, and a little bit more like gora on the inside. If like, that's if that's what we're going for, kind of like Kamala, I guess. Yeah, I Kamala. really like her character. Okay, okay, it's what she's kind of becoming. Yeah, kind of assimilating. Yeah, because I mean, even though she has the Indian accent, she um, she shows that you know you don't have to be that daughter future daughter-in-law who loves to cook and who mm-hmm. loves to wear saris and you know she this is the thing that I liked about her there were pros and cons the pros were that she was a very realistic depiction of an Indian woman who moves to the west and still holds on to her Indian values and culture and all of that but is still trying to break away from it in certain aspects mm-hmm. you know I liked that but I also didn't like her character because I felt like she was a stereotype. Yeah. In a way, because also, also she's considered the hottest Indian, right? Of all the women you see at um at the event that they go to or within Davy's own family, she's the fairest. And yeah. she's the very stereotypical, you know, beautiful girl. But she doesn't really look Indian. Yeah. So that was a little bit disappointing for me. I totally see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I, I loved her, but that I felt like that was lacking for me. I feel like that's quite a tricky one because, well, I don't have experience with this personally, but I know like when people who have emigrated over and them trying to hold on to certain values or hold on to certain parts of their identity, but also assimilating can be really difficult. Yeah. And um, so showing that as well and showing to which degree because I know for some like there's such a spectrum for it and people either hold on so tightly that they don't want to assimilate at all or they completely do and forget everything else that they've left behind I I don't yeah I have mixed views about Kamala as well yes I think you're right in that sense that some people so I feel like older generations when they immigrate they hold on so tightly to their values that are actually almost regressive whereas Mm -hmm almost their children, their own children tend to resist so much um, mm-hmm. that they both do like a complete polar off- opposite. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, Kamala draws like a nice little middle ground in that where she's still figuring it out. She's still figuring out which part she wants and which she likes. And there's a bit of back and forth as well because she's so 
into her boyfriend who's not Indian. But then this other guy shows up who, as soon as the door opened, I was like, okay. Um, and she had the same reaction. So she, yeah. she was sort of considering the arranged marriage because that is part of her culture and values. Yeah. And, you know, so there's this struggle, which I really liked, actually. That whole episode really bugged me. <laughs> I just one it made me sad that I thought how can you let that guy go so quickly and so easily like I thought you were so like loved up Mm. and then I don't know the whole approach towards arranged marriage I feel like this is something again that I've never seen played out on tv or film but you know there are people out there that are accepting of them and like have a totally different view and journey of it but we only ever see the one where it's like forced and they don't want it but it's like so there was an opportunity there where she was like kind of coming around to the idea and I quite liked where it was heading where like I think she was kind of reading on the side where she wants to get to know him more and I liked that because I thought you know what this I feel like this I've I've seen this in real life but I've just never seen it on tv yeah you've never seen it you you use the right word for this you use the word forced and I think the consensus is that forced marriage and arranged marriage is the same thing but it's really not It's really not. Um, You know, if you're going to meet someone at a bar or you're going to meet someone through your parents. Exactly. It's quite, it's pretty much the same thing, really. It really is. Um, But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's never addressed properly in television. It's always, you always see forced marriage and it's always called arranged marriage. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of room for improvement there. And I like that they headed into that direction and actually... Seeing it on TV like that almost speaks its truth. Yeah. So just like thinking out loud, we've already mentioned there's loads of scope for like opportunity, right? And actually, if you think about it, this is the first step into this kind of discussion, which hasn't really been had, but it's been have it's, it's now being done through a wider platform, i.e. Netflix and, you know, the, the whole market. If there was one, and I'm just talking about one narrative from that whole kind of uh, storyline that you're like, you want this one played out the most, what would that be? Because now listening, we've we've picked out like so many things that were like, there's an opportunity for this, an opportunity for that, an opportunity for this. We liked, we did, but there's a lot. So I guess for mine, it would be this like whole inter-religion marriage. Okay. That hasn't played out. And that, that really annoys me that it's not played out because... I'm living proof of that, like in, in every capacity. Um, and when I was younger, I used to get bullied. I mean, I used to get bullied for quite a lot of things, right? But the, this I used to get bullied for. So I actually had a friend. I've had a few friends now who've actually genuinely stopped talking to me because they're like, we're a bit older now, so we don't really understand how your parents can be different religion. We're not going to be your friends anymore. And I'm like, you've known a known this about me since we were like younger they're like yeah but you know now you're growing into your own and and people are getting judgmental so my point being that this whole like interfaith interreligion marriage is so important also because and maybe I don't know if we've if you realize this but it's only played out when there's a Muslim and Hindu right as as this example but it wasn't played out with the white man married the Hindu lady so that was acceptable because he was white. Yeah, yeah, that's right? true. But he clearly wasn't Hindu. So it's only a narrative that plays out when it's like two really, when when it's the same, um, what am I trying to say? Sorry, when it's the same like ethnicity or the same group of people, but different religions. But if you are 
a brown woman, I marry a white guy. It's completely fine because you're not South Asian to begin with. So there's no like conflict there. So I guess for me, that's the narrative I want played out on TV. And I want the real, the real storyline behind it is, you know, how do your families feel and how do you feel? And why is it different when it's a non-South Asian person, but they are a different religion? And, and how do you feel about it? And how do you even have those conversations? Um, bringing someone to the table who is not the same religion in you is really difficult. And then forget that, the raising your kids is super difficult. Like I'm living proof of someone who comes from two different religions and, you know, but I'm extremely respectful compared to people that I've been around. And yet I'm not accepted because I don't, I'm not either or. So yeah, I guess that was really long winded, but that would be the narrative that I really want to see played out on TV, but properly done or, or at least attempted. It honestly shocks me that that's not been done already. Shocks me that none of this was done already. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's it's crazy to think as well. I don't know if any of you ever watched Goodness Gracious Me. Oh my God. Heard of it. I, yeah, I've seen like two episodes a few weeks ago, actually. Mm. So that came out like 20 years ago. We still haven't progressed in terms of representation. If you watch that show, you literally, you're just holding your head and you're like, what? Um, but yeah, I completely get what you're saying. It's like way overdue. And this, I think that's why we had so many expectations for this. Yeah. Because we were like, oh my God, it's been what, 20 years? Finally, something that, you know, we can relate to, blah, blah, blah. But I think there was too many people rooting for too many things. Yeah. And sure. it's not possible for one show to deliver that. What um, would have been the storyline you would have? like to have seen I think the Kamala one is a very important one and I think it I relate to it personally as well because when I moved to England I was well she's a little bit older I suppose she's about like 20 in her 20s right um mm -hmm. I moved to England when I was 18 so I was already you know I grew I'm born and brought up in Pakistan I had the accent I I had the values and everything and then suddenly as a fully developed adult, you come to a completely different world and you're questioning everything you were raised on um, and you're questioning everything that you yourself believe in. But because you're still at that cusp of adulthood, I guess, where you feel like you're fully developed, but not really, you still have the flexibility to pick and choose values and morals and decisions from both cultures. And I think that that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many of us you know um that moved somewhere different and suddenly we're like I'm not sure who I am anymore the amount of identity crises I've had um so I think that would be a very fun uh yeah. you know narrative to pursue to develop into a storyline there's so many things you can do with it from like obviously all the religion and everything but also you've mm -hmm. got things like um love and relationships and how your relationship with your parents changes and how your siblings see you differently like there's so many so many different avenues to take in that so that would be mine Kamala I like that what about yours um for me it's actually something I don't know if they showed it in the show at all or actually no they hinted at a part of what I'm about to say um and some like South Asians or like our generation actually kind of embracing our culture and being proud of it yes because there was that episode again it was the Ganesh Puja one where she's like so 
I, I don't want to say embarrassed, but like she's just so like about being Indian and even like from her clothes to being compared to Princess Jasmine um, and like just having to justify or clarify herself. I feel like that's the same narrative that we get in everything in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would be nice for once to see somebody as an example being like, do you know what? No, this is our culture. It's cool. We don't need somebody else to tell us it's cool. We can say it's cool. I like that. And I, yeah, that was definitely one of my, uh, one of my cringe moments where I was like, she's so in your face. You know, she walked up to the hottest guy in school set and said that I want to yeah. have sex with you. But then she put on this outfit, which was actually quite pretty. And she felt really unsure. And like you said, almost embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and like she went up to the other guy at Ganesh Puja and he he was more accepting of it and she found that really strange and he, she was like oh yeah this this stuff that we do and he was like yeah I like it and he'd accepted it and he thought he was cool with it but mm-hmm. she still found that strange so I agree there definitely needs to be a narrative where someone is proud of their heritage and proud of you know the food we eat and the clothes we wear and the festivals we have without seeking approval from someone because I felt like with Paxton telling her that she looked really pretty in that outfit she was so surprised she was like really um whereas she should have had the confidence to be like I look hot as fuck yeah hell yeah because going back to episode one where he's like oh my god you're so pretty you look like Priyanka Chopra playing out as her fantasy um and now she should have been like yeah I that's what I look like and I look amazing and I don't need you to tell me that there was one other thing that I wanted to touch on. Mm. I I don't know if you guys felt this, but I felt this maybe because of the proximity to the topic, but I feel like they somehow used disability in a weird way. Oh yeah. Um like there was two moments where I was a bit like this is not okay. The first one was when Davy like miraculously gets out of her wheelchair by just seeing a cute guy. I found that a little bit insensitive. And then using Paxton's sister, the only purpose she served was to make him look like a nice guy. Yeah, that's quite a common narrative as well. I found that really disappointing because, so my brother is deaf and I think that there's just so much more opportunity to be able to expand Mm -hmm. on the normality of life as someone who lives a little differently. And I, I was a bit disappointed with that aspect. Not even disappointed. I was a bit like, I was a bit shocked, to be honest. And I was like, this is not right. I agree with you 100%. And I feel like this is another opportunity, again, where it's like you can show people that, that have, you know, disabilities, learning difficulties without that being central to their character. And same, again, goes for people with of a different race and South Asians. Like, that doesn't have to be central to their character. They can be human in every shape or form without, like, that just kind of is an added extra. I don't know, like, I hope that doesn't come across badly, but, like... No, I get 100% what you're saying. Yeah. And I don't know if you get that, but as an actor, I get really frustrated because I feel like the only reason I get called into a room to audition is because the character is brown. And I'm like, I'm an actor. I can play anyone. It's Mm -hmm. so funny having that conversation, though, with people who are not, um, like, an ethnic minority. And how many of them are like, oh, I didn't even realize that was a thing. But, like, genuinely, the majority of casting calls that I either receive are 
they, they're looking for someone of an ethnic minority. I'm rarely ever given one where the ethnicity is not specified. Yeah. Um, even though I can one like fully well put myself forward for that, it's just 100%. not connected. Yeah, for some reason it's like the neutral or the norm is non-ethnic. And you're right, people don't realize it unless they're in that box. We're like, yeah. Oh. But there are a lot of briefings that come and they're like, oh, any ethnicity may apply. But when I look at those, I'm like, well, that's not fair. Because at the end of the day, you will probably find someone who's non-ethnic to be the neutral ground that you're looking for. And so it will eventually go to them anyway. So I just, I... I find that unfair, but I suppose that's a different conversation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's so much I can say about that. Um, yeah. The last thing I wanted to say about it is I did really enjoy it, mm. but I feel like my disappointment came from the whole thing still revolving around boys and wanting to be popular. And I feel like Mindy Kaling herself was living vicariously through this character in the 80s. Yes. And you know when all when all the coming of age movies that you see like Mean Girls and Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You and all of those they're all about like sex and boys and I want to be popular but all the popular kids are white and sexy and if you look at coming of age movies now they're a lot more conscious because our youth is a lot more conscious now so you I mean off the top of my head I can I can think of like Booksmart or Ladybird Love, Simon. Um, what's the other one that I watched that I really enjoyed as well? Um, Cockblockers. Oh. You know? The, I mean, they're funny movies, but they tackle things tastefully and they're quite good. And like shows nowadays, like Sex Education and Stranger Things, you know, they don't all revolve, revolve around popularity and sex and bullying and all of that. And I think that although they took the, you know, the TikToks and the the confidence with sex and everything, but everything else was still like 20 years behind. Um, I think that's why I didn't love it. I, so? it doesn't relate to me as a child, as a teenager, my teenage years and even my grown up years are not around sex and boys. Like honestly don't care. Yeah, I want to build a business. I want to study hard. My, I, you know, she's the only child. I wanted to know more about being an only child, the dynamic that you are when you're an older sister, the role model, part that Camilla now has to play that she is being a role model for her cousin who's younger and she has to do really well in school and she wants to study hard and she wants to build a business and she wants to do something on her own because I guess I was never like boy hungry when I was younger I don't think I anyone is that boy hungry no but I wasn't I wasn't even like into it like I just it, it wasn't a narrative even in my head I was like right I just need to my biggest worry in life was like, am I going to ace these grades? Am I going to get this exam? Am I going to get into the university? Am I going to be able to do what I want to do? That fighting my culture when I was younger was me striving to go to uni and to build a business and to be an entrepreneur. That was not doing it via a boy. And I think the narrative here got a little bit lost. So I respect what they're trying to do. And of course, I'm not by any means a film producer or a director or an actress by any means. So as, a, as an observer... I enjoyed the narrative they tried to try to produce, and I tried. I, I liked the storyline that they tried to put out in the ecosystem. But for me, as as an entrepreneur, as a brown girl, you know, a brown woman in business, there's not a lot of me already around. So I want to see. I want to see another, like, business woman. I wanted to see her mom say to Camilla, "Do you know what, Camilla? I I hold my own. I'm a dermatologist. You want to do a PhD? You are a biologist. Do you know what?" 
I don't think you should get married. I think you're you're working really hard. I think you should work for at least four years in America and do your own, and then you should think about marriage. That's what I wanted the mom to say. Not go get a grandfather clock, make her wear a sari and put her on Zoom. Like that, that's not what I wanted. And this is me personally, right? Because I I don't remember ever being that boy obsessed or that or that white boy obsessed, which I understand is a point of like fighting the culture. Yeah, I just I'm just so tired of boys and boys and boys and boys and yeah. boys and sex. Yeah, I was gonna say the whole I feel like they end up doing that a lot with South Asian narratives because it's seen as taboo, like boys and sex. So they kind of play into it more because it's somewhat controversial. Yeah, I guess I know what you mean. Um, but also, I don't know if you have ever watched The Mindy Project. Yeah. That's created by Mindy Kaling. I really just, I feel like that tone really carried through into this series. Okay. So for me, when I watched it, I wasn't surprised at all at how it went because I felt like, do you know what, this is just an extension. It's an extension of her, an extension of that series that was her first one, that of like that encompassed her. And this one, I 100% agree, was just her projecting yeah. her own experience, which is fine, though, because that was her experience. And maybe that's what she was all about. And go, it goes back to what we discussed at the beginning, though, is that it's not the repre- like it's not the experience of everybody else. And yeah. I, well, I enjoyed it for the ent- entertainment value. And also because I do like to see brown faces on TV. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree. It's like... Uh, an extension of Kelly Kapoor from The Office to Mindy from the Mini Project, yeah. and then Davy, and then it's literally that's just how I see Mindy Kaling. Like genuinely, yeah. I feel like if I meet her in real life, she'll definitely just talk like that and say those things and everything. Yeah. So you're right; it is. I mean, that's her niche in a way. Yeah, hmm. you know? that's what they so, say. Write what you know. <laughs> yeah, but it also goes to show how you know if you have a person of color behind the camera in the production team, in the writing room, in your wardrobe department, how different our television screens can look. And I'm, it's, you know, I know it's just a starting point and it's just one step, but hopefully this gives other South Asian writers and producers and directors to say, no, this is the story that I want to write, you know? I think mm. as well, it, this is the perfect example of just that one tick box burn person is not enough. Because that one voice does not represent everybody and you need multiple South Asian voices to kind of bring together a better picture of what it is to be South Asian. Definitely. I mean, again, like we going back to the beginning when we said, you know, this is in no way a representation of everyone. It can't be. You know, this is just one narrative of one person, of one experience. Um, but like I said, hopefully it opens up the doors for more yeah, to, sure. to normalize stories like this on TV. Yeah, I did enjoy that it was mostly female-centered as well, because I feel like yeah. a lot of the kind of more, I mean, so the sorry, Mindy Kaling's probably the most famous South Indian in the like South Asian, sorry, in the West. The rest are all yeah. categorically male. Yeah, even in the true. UK, like I mm-hmm. struggle to think of a South Asian female yeah. who's like up there with the likes of even Khan and Tizilias and their. So, yeah, and who who hasn't started in Bollywood? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's a separate entity in itself. But to have started in the West and to have progressed and you know become a leader in the West, you're right. She's the only one I can think of. Mm. So hopefully, we can change that <laughs> right here. 
Again. <laughs> we are right here. <laughs> we are we are ready. We're ready. You know, just just give us a call. um another small pet peeve of mine was the fact that they still had accents I know that their characters are had emigrated but I feel like there's you know you meet a lot of people that are full families and no one has an accent from back home that's maybe just me because I've like grown up here and born here and my parents were both born here too so no one has an accent but every time we see an Asian person on TV they have an accent and it's frustrating for castings too because it's like you have to find someone we exist you know without the accent we have normal Scottish accents too yeah (laughs) this that's the amazing thing I find people who don't have like a regional English accent but they look non-English yeah, so rare on television. Yeah, like with a Scottish accent or an Australian accent or you know anything other than an American or English accent, and I'm just like, yeah, that that doesn't exist as much. No, not on TV, but there's like there's thousands of us up here. Yeah, there's loads of us. <laughs> I mean, that that isn't Scotland where the curry was invented. One of the we, I mean, Glasgow does have the best curries. Not like, we're not being biased or anything, but we do. Hey guys, this is Zoha. Thank you so much for listening to me and my boss babe co-host Sonia. You can slide into our DMs at any time with your questions and feedback on Twitter and Instagram. We are at LKKG Podcast or you can email us on lkkgpodcast at gmail.com.
Hey guys, this is Zoha. Thank you so much for listening to me and my boss babe co-host Sonia. You can slide into our DMs at any time with your questions and feedback on Twitter and Instagram. We are at LKKG Podcast or you can email us on lkkgpodcast at gmail.com.